0: 630 chad afternoons with Jalen nye weekdays at 2 on 630 chad you're as cold as ice you're willing to sacrifice our love ah, is it going to be cold as ice this winter we have been really lucky, haven't we? We've had a stunning autumn so far um, this year, right across the province. But some long-range forecasting is saying, brace yourself! Yeah, uh, uh, La Nina, La Nina weather pattern is forming in the Pacific Ocean. And it's expected to bring wet weather to Canada's west coast this winter. And they're saying that a polar vortex could be pushed from the North Pole to the prairies. Do you remember? Do you remember this thing? Do you remember this?
1: Gather ye rosebuds while ye may. That most dreaded of all meteorological phenomena, the Siberian high.
0: Crunching <laughs> down like the car of juggernaut. Yes, the Siberian high. Um, so we could be seeing uh, one of them this summer. So some forecasters are saying that Western Canada can expect to have the coldest winter since 2013-2014, while the rest of the country is looking to be pretty good. So what is La Niña's, and what can we really expect? Let's find out with David Phillips, the Senior Climatologist at Environment Canada. David, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, thank you for allowing me to join you. I always lo- enjoy these moments that we can chat about our favourite topic of conversation, the weather.
0: Oh, awesome. David, I want to talk to you about some, some you know, the weather forecasting that's been going on for this winter and specifically yes. the impact of La Nina and i 'm hoping that you 'll be able to explain to us to start this um, like we 're hearing that La Nina is going yeah. to impact our our winter weather quite a bit this uh, this coming months. So what is la Nina and and what does it differ from El Nino, which we 've heard about lots?
1: Yes, and you know, La Niña, La El Niño, these are Spanish words for boy child and girl child. The uh, uh, La Niña is uh, girl child. It's the opposite of El Niño. The La Niña is colder water, and it's thousands of kilometers away from Alberta in the tropical Pacific, and it's far away away, but it still has a, a strong influence on the winter weather in, in Canada, in North America, and uh, the La Niña, It refers to colder waters. And you always look uh, at where those waters are. Is it like a little bit of a cold water? Is it like a huge tub of cold water? <laughs> and then also you look at how cold the water is. If it's just a little guy, well, it may be more of a neutral situation. But if it's a degree or more uh, colder than normal, then hey, it usually has a significant influence on our, um, on our winters. And for people like myself who are in sort of seasonal forecasting, boy, it really increases your batting average if you've got land. <laughs> or El Niño, El Niño being the warmer water. And usually the effects are opposite. So if you hear La Niña, usually the effects are drought in some areas, flooding in other areas, cold here, uh, whereas El Niño would be the, the opposite in that case. But for us, here in Canada, it typically, La Niña, often strikes fear in hearts of people in the West. Oh, it makes for usually good skiing because you have more snow than you normally would get. But also it just brings some some bitterly cold temperatures at times now again it's not something that um, I would bet the uh, one's pension on or the family <laughs> farm on it tends to be because there's several factors that bring you the weather and the seasons coming uh, El Nino La Nina is just one of them it's an important one and as they say it improves our usually our skill scores are higher when you've got those uh, brewing when it's a neutral situation neither one nor the other wow, it's like flipping a coin or, or throwing a dart. It often is that way anyways, but it's just that you have kind of a, the deck is a little loaded more when you have a, a La Nina situation. So, so... so when I look at Edmonton, for example, at La Nina, I, I think um, it, it's a fairly uh, a convincing argument that you could make for a colder and a, mm. a snowier winter. Now, I look back over the last 70, 80 years of La Nina's, And since the 1950s to about the 1990s, um, there were about 12 La Niñas. 10 of them were colder than normal and two were milder than normal so jaylen what that says is right away it's not a a perfect forecast but boy it gives you a a, a much more uh, a highly likely to work out to be colder than warmer and typically also uh, there were of those uh 11 uh 12 years 12 la niñas 10 were snowier and three were, were were not you say so that really what that tells me me is that I would bet uh, a few loonies on the (laughs) fact that it would be colder and snowier than normal. But what's sort of interesting though, Jaylen, is that in the last, say, 20, 30 years, 25 years, those La Niñas have changed. Hmm. We see in the ba- the the score uh, skill scores there are five warmer and five colder. So it's almost like a toss up, you say. So I think there's something else besides La Niña. Either it's changed its character, or personality. Maybe our winters are warmer, so therefore you don't get as many of those cold La Niñas as possible. And the real the real test is last year. Last year we had a La Niña winter in in Edmonton and yet you ended up with three quarters of the normal snowfall yeah. and you had one cold month of all of those months last winter and I can tell you it was it was it was cold February you had temperatures that got down to some of the coldest ever in that city but it was like two weeks long it wasn't like five months long Mm-mm. you say. so again I think that we have to. We put too many eggs in our basket about saying, "Well, it's going to be colder and snowier than normal because it's La Nina." I, I think you know you just have to sort of accept what you get. We just don't know. Our models, our, our winter models, Jaylin, will come out in the first of December. We'll have a better idea. Right now, we say the last half of fall and the early part of winter looks fairly tame, not not as as tough as uh, La Nina winter would bring, and perhaps maybe at the end of a winter, we get into January, February, we might see more of an effect of a traditional La Nina with some polar vortex and what have you. But right now, my gosh, you know that I often say, people in the West say to me, well, if you can keep those snows away from Halloween uh, and make them after Halloween, it makes winter that much shorter. Mm-hmm. And right now we've had a gorgeous fall. Temperatures have been warmer than normal. A little bit of uh, of uh, uh, snow flurries here and there, but not the dumps that we could see in other years so I don't think it's going to be a long wither but there'll be moments you wish you were somewhere else
0: <laughs> Yeah, thank goodness we're gonna be able to start traveling again a little bit uh, more yes. here though I'm curious to know if if climate change plays a role into any of this you know that's a good
1: question I'm glad you brought it up I, I really think it does when you look at the West the prairies um, and we look at the last say 75 years the winters are not what they used to be. Old timers are right. I used to think, well, oh, they just have poor memories. No, no, no. When you look at the numbers, you clearly know winters, particularly that season. When I look at all the seasons on the prairies, winters have actually warmed up. Now, I'm going to tell you it's about three and a half degrees. And you're going to say, oh, that's not very mm. much. Oh, in my business, Jay that is. is a sea change. Mm-hmm. That is huge. I get excited by a half a degree of warming. <laughs> but so three and a half degrees over the last seven. 75 years, and most of that has occurred in the last, say, say 25 years. Mm. Our winters are just not what they used to be. It could be urban effect. We have bigger cities, more of it live in cities. But I think it's just generally that the winters are just uh, a little tamer, not as brutally cold. You get those moments where it's cold, but they're not long-lasting. It's not like you know four months of hoary kind of cold condition. And you might get just like four days or, or, or two weeks of it, like we saw last year and we think that's because the arctic ice is melting it's not as thick Mm -hmm. and there's more heat abstracted from the oceans it's probably keeping the the cold air not quite as cold as in the past and uh and uh and so so that's the season that is the greatest change winter and uh, and so climate change i certainly think has a a factor to play in this
0: so uh, on that front and i'm just going to throw this out here and if if you can answer it if you want to answer it uh, fine Mm -hmm. if not i understand as well we just we just went through municipal elections out here Calgary's new mayor says one of uh, her first plans is declaring a climate emergency. Edmonton has had a climate change strategy in place for a while now. You know, I'm, I'm curious to know your, your just your, your thoughts on that. Do you believe that, you know, cities coming out and saying, hey, there's an issue here? Do you think it makes a difference? Do you think it is making Canadians sit up and take notice? Well...
1: I I think we are more and more, and I think what's different about it, I think calling it a climate emergency or a crisis, uh, I mean, changing the word, I don't think changes people's mind. It Mm. maybe makes them pay attention to it. But I think what's really changed, though, Jaylen, is the fact that it's not the climate that has changed so much. I mean, you know, people often say, well, you know, I'll be safely dead before that begins to bite deep and hard. We know that change is over 50, 60 years. I'm worried about my barbecuing on the weekend, Uh not what's going to happen a half century from now. But I think what people have come to realize is that what has changed is the weather has changed. Yes. The weather out your window. When you look out the window, you can't see climate change, but you can see the weather. So if the weather's becoming more extreme, more volatile, chaotic, turbulent, Violent, wacky and weird and woolly. Well. I think people realize they maybe feel that there is sort of an ownership of that they feel that gee you know I make make decisions every year based on the weather and if that is changing because of the climate if you change the climate you change the weather then maybe maybe we could uh, do something about it You say and so I think that that's really what the motivation is the fact that the extremes we're seeing around the mm-hmm. world in Canada it's not just in in Bangladesh or Botswana but it's Bassano too I mean yeah. we're seeing is everywhere and i think that that really is driving the agenda to make people feel that hey um maybe we should do something about it and uh and and i think that's having um a a part to play, and, and people motivated to do something about it. The other thing, Jaylen, is that the cities are really changing. I mean, we, we defy all odds here in this country. We're the lowest population density, but the most urbanized. Mm-hmm. I mean, 85% of Canadians live in communities over 10,000 people. And when you're in cities, you actually see it because of urban heat island, because of the excess warming, that you begin to see it uh, occurring differently. And, and I think that that will resonate more with people.
0: David, we'll leave it there this afternoon. Always enjoy our conversations. Thanks for making time.
1: Okay, Jaylen. We'll talk when we get really into the dead of winter, and we'll see how
0: it's <laughs> unfolding. Sounds fantastic. We'll talk okay. to you then.
1: Okay, Jalen. Bye-bye.